what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. Brothers in Tech is our ongoing discussion show regarding technology, especially for your home or family needs. And with me is my brother in tech, my co-host, my partner in crime, my uh, what else can I throw out there? What's another good one? So. Yeah, that may cover you're, it. So, you're, you're, better, you're better, better half. The, see, I didn't want to go quite that far. I didn't want to go quite that far. So uh, it's Brian Jackson, though, my brother from across the country. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, Alan. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, you know, Brian, we, 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 well, we kind of designed this show overall to, to obviously be helping people that uh, are the family IT professionals, uh, their go-to people in the family that anytime somebody has a technology question or need, typically find themselves getting those phone calls or, or text messages late at night. Um, but today we're going to do something a little different in our discussions, uh, you know, talking about how we help with technology. It's not going to be quite as deep technology. It's going to be going a little more into the, uh, what do you call it? Kind of a work ethic and, and yeah, kind of work, a workflow and, uh, and try to work be philosophy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we're, I think this is good and that we've kind of given some ideas on the the technologies that what email has been, uh, where it's been going, the new things that are coming about. But now we'll talk about kind of what's a strategy to, to either utilize, utilize those or utilize the features you already have in a more efficient way. Yeah. So um, I think yeah. it's been good. You know, I'm hoping to learn something myself uh, and maybe uh, spark some <laughs> spark some uh, some good habits um, because email has not been the best habit uh, for me well, uh, for a while so and it's you know and it's been tough for me as well again you know we've been talking email for like the last three episodes now and we're kind of you know, capping it off here so we will be bringing in some things we've talked about already in previous episodes about email and features but yeah I agree with you Brian it's 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 difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm fully honest in saying that email is still my primary hub of work information for better or for worse. Yep. Uh, you yep. know, when I'm get up in the morning and I'm ready to start work, first thing I do is I'm, I'm in email and my email stays open, unfortunately all day. Yep. And Agreed. I am responding to or sending emails throughout the day. And, uh, my inbox is normally not any better shape than it was at the end of the day which causes a problem because we just feel like we're just building and building and building uh, on our email systems. So we talked about a few things, features, benefits, you know, and some other, uh, other episodes of individual things you can do to try to manage your email. But Brian, what I was hoping we could talk about today is, is this idea of truly getting things done in email. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a nice actually concept. being productive. Yeah. Yeah, actually being a productive tool uh, using email for productivity instead of just reactivity, which is why I think most people still use email is just to respond to everything that comes in and not really managing or getting more productive with it. Now, I'm going to I'm going to steal a little bit on this topic. I'll, I'll just give fair warning and kind of give credit where credit is due. You know, this concept of getting things done, GTD that, you know, uh, it's kind of made a lot of the business circles in the last uh, several years. 
this idea of, of a work philosophy that's meant for how do you handle things that are coming in and taking care of them so that you're always being productive. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not an original idea. This David Allen kind of the considered the getting things done guru. I actually, it's one of the few books I've actually read in the last several years is getting things done by David Allen. Um, and it's great because it's both a simple concepts, but it is a challenge to actually implement them and do them. But when, if you can do them and do them well, you do find yourself being a lot more clear focused. You've got a lot more uh, management of your time while ma management of your, of your attention, which is, which is always good. Um, and, and even though this getting things done philosophy kind of applies to any work process you've got, there's been a lot of discussion about how it applies to email specifically, because as I said before, many people still use it as their main hub of my information, my to-do list and everything else coming into my life happens to hit my, e my email inbox. Well, it's a, it's a major, <clears throat> it's a major time suck for a lot of us, right? And that we, we get on email and this continuous flow of information coming in that as we're responding to one thing, new things are coming in. We feel like we need to then check on those and spend time deleting those. And it shifts us to another, uh, another role. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I am excited to, uh, to see whether or not this getting things done can actually be uh, implemented because, you know, you spend way too much time on email and email. Um, I mean, I, there's a part of me that, that wishes email would just change completely and that we could actually mm -hmm. approach it and say, you know what, I'm going to actually give that person a call, but God, heaven forbid, we're actually talk to someone right uh, face to face <laughs> anymore. But uh, there are a number of things that I think we could do with email and, and looking at the list of, you know, this getting things done, I think has already gotten some ideas in my head. So I'm excited. Yeah. We ought to go, go through this and maybe pick it apart a little bit and see how we might yeah. be able to, to utilize it. So. Well, and I will say this too, for those listening, uh, you know, we're going to be talking through kind of a, a step-by-step -step philosophy of how people recommend that we use email. Not every step is going to work for every person. Okay. I understand everybody there's some different needs or some different dynamics behind how you work. So I don't expect this to be a one size fit all type of situation. However, I hope there's at least some steps in this process that might be able to be beneficial to you in your own day-to-day -day work. Um, and again, this is what, when we look at getting things done, experts and people who teach this for a living, this is the kind of process they really feel like we ought to be worked towards. So let's see how it applies to email and see if we can make it work or not. All right. Yeah. And Alan, and, and I think it'd be yeah. helpful as people, as, as we go through these, be thinking about the technologies we did mention in previous episodes where we talked about new um, kind of new features that email clients are starting to enable because there may be some of these steps where you say that's that's not that easy for me to do at my current client and don't be stuck on your current client there may be better clients that may work more efficiently with uh, what you actually want to do so rather than saying this is what i have and let me figure out a way to deal with what i have sometimes it might be worth changing to a new uh, a new app a new uh, uh, a new service that may make what you want to do a little bit more efficient to do. So that's very, very true. So yeah, so uh, not all email programs or 
applications are going to be able to accomplish all the steps we're going to talk about. Right. So you're right. right. You may need to be considering some other ones as well. <clears throat> well, the first thing let's start off with, Brian, before we actually get into the steps, let's talk about kind of a, a general recommendation when it comes to email, uh, overall, your exposure to email. Uh, Brian, do you keep your email program up all the time and up and running whenever you're at your, your office desk? All the time. All the time. Any, yeah. Anytime yeah. my, uh, anytime I'm at my desk, uh, and I do work with, uh, when I'm actually working at a desk, I've got two screens open, you know, the laptop itself and then a, an external monitor, which I think is, which is helpful. Uh, it just means I can have more things distracting me at once, which <laughs> That's I, right. to me yeah. is efficient, right? If the more things you can put in there. Um, but it actually does help with email a little bit. Um, it unfortunately allows me to keep my email open all the time, but I'll keep it on one of the screens so that yeah. at least it forces me to actually turn my head, you know, which is a, which is a step. Oh, well, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that's, man, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge <laughs> lift right there. So, um, no, unfortunately I do keep it open and I tend to use even mobile, you know, even when I'm not at my computer, yeah. the first thing that I'll do when I open up my phone is check my email to make sure that there's nothing that needs to suck my time, uh, away. So, well, I, I do think, uh, that's kind of a number one recommendation that most people don't make when I they're do. talking about better. <laughs> What's that? Don't do what I do. Is that the recommendation? Don't do it, the, basically the recommendation is don't follow Brian's lead. <laughs> um, unfortunately I do the same thing. I am, uh, uh, have email up all the time. And, 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 and really the recommendation is that you don't, you, you have designated times throughout the day. Even if you set them up on your calendar to say, this is when I'm going to hop into email and I'm going to check email and I will do this process that we're going to walk through. Once that's done, the idea is that you should be able to shut down your email and not check it again or not go back to it till maybe another designated time at the end of the day or something. Um, Again, this is going to vary from person to person. I understand that. And, and it is a tough, probably of all the things we're going to mention, it's the toughest habit to break. But it is something where, you know, if you can manage your email more effectively using the tools you have and managing your time with it, you'll actually find that you only need to hop into your email once or twice a day and you can still take care of everything that needs to be done. Um, so we'll see how successful we are with that. But that's kind of a broad overall first step recommendation. Now, when we actually get into the steps, Brian, so right now I'm looking at an inbox, an email inbox right now that's a lot larger than I'd like for it to be. There are a lot of emails in there and it's not from because I don't want them to be in there. It's because they just keep adding every day. You know, it's cumulative. If yeah. I go back and look at the bottom of my inbox, I mean, some of these emails are from almost a year ago. It's just ones I never got to doing something with. And unfortunately, they stayed. Then the next day, a couple more emails came in that didn't leave and it just kept building and building. So the first thing you're really supposed to do, if you're going to truly adopt this whole idea of getting things done in email is you're going to need to do kind of an initial block off some serious time to go through and do an initial assessment of this whole inbox you've got. Okay. Um, the delete button on your keyboard, you're familiar with it. Um, <laughs> I've heard of it. It is a button. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried this or not, but if you select like an email message in your inbox and you hit the delete button, it disappears. It goes away. Uh, I know people are scared of this sometimes. I, I think we get so spoiled. Uh, I know I do too. This idea that, well, all the email I've got, I don't ever want to delete anything because storage is cheap and, you know, I can store thousands and thousands of email and I got plenty of space for it. And Google's going to keep it and archive it and let me search for it or whatever. 
but it, there's still some logic to say first steps first. If there's emails that you don't need anymore, time has passed, it, it's not anything in, or important anymore, it doesn't have any value, it was some, uh, you know, something a store sent you from the past that maybe you considered and now you don't need anymore, some newsletter you never got around to reading, whatever, maybe delete them. First off is could do a nice little pass and just feel free to delete the things that are just no longer viable and are just taking a valuable room. Um, some people may say, well, let's archive them. I just want to archive them and keep them. But you know, really, are you ever really going to need that email? Probably not. So why not just delete it? We live in a digital world. It's not that difficult to find a way to get access to something else or find something else online that maybe we threw away before. So again, delete is kind of that first step. And I, here's a little tip. This is something I, you know, I, I have to remind myself to do sometimes. When you are doing some mass deleting in your emails, if you sort your email in your inbox by like, for example, the from field, meaning whoever it came from, it's obviously going to group all those together by that person who sent them. So if you've got like one company that you've got like 20 emails in your inbox all scattered throughout over the last several months, sort it by that from, and that way you can delete them in batches and say, oh, everything that came from Apple uh, over these that past several months that was all promotional stuff, I don't need anymore. Just delete it all in one big batch. And that saves you a little bit of time to kind of get through that initial delete, deleting and purging process. Yeah, I think that's a really good point um, because if we're looking at things in a time fashion of, you know, the latest email in the order uh, in which they were received, yeah, it could take you forever, right? You'll end up uh, clicking delete multiple times and you could have made it in one fail swoop. So that's good. Yeah. So Alan, you, you've so, got yeah. one one step down here and I'm already getting nervous. I'm already getting a little, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to sweat here, right? You're actually telling well, You might me need to go ahead and... Uh... <laughs> Tell you what, if you need a break to go fix a drink or something and all that to be ready for the rest of the show, that's fine. I understand. So I have, yeah, um, I have to admit, I've been, you know, the the Boy Scout uh, in me, right, has always said kind of, you might need that one day, right? So let's put it in another folder just in case I might need it. And um, yeah, the the purging part makes me a little nervous. Um, but yeah. I, will, I will say just thinking about the email, it's, uh, thinking about the inbox itself, I think we talked about this before. The moment my inbox gets further than or it gets longer than one page to where I actually have to scroll an inbox, right? That to me is when I start losing things anyway. So that to me is my main goal. Mm -hmm. it, it, rather than inbox zero, I think that's great. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little later. But I, I think simply keeping the inbox shorter, you know, and as you've been to talking about, yeah. yeah, I've already been talking, it, it's... For me, I, I like to do analogies a lot because it makes me think through uh, processes a little bit more. But, you know, if your inbox is your uh, kitchen counter where you bring all your mail in every day and you just bring it in, put it on a stack, bring more in, put it on a stack, bring more in, put it on a stack. As you said, it's the stressor, right? It's the stressor of walking by that stack every day and knowing that it's getting bigger and I'm not doing anything with it. Um, whereas if you could find a way, so you're saying the moment you see those things in there, let's go and delete all the, the mail that came in from one place, all the mail that came in from another place that you know, you're not going to need. So, all right. Yeah. So we're gonna purge. I think that's an initial first step. And again, that's just a little, little chip away just to get some stuff out of the way that you don't need to be spending any more time thinking about or doing something with. All right. Okay. Well, let's all right. So then the next step for this, yeah, let's go. All right. The next step on this is really have to do with 
folders. And we've talked about folders before in a previous episode in email. A lot of it's a feature that's built into just about every email client, every email type of service. And not a lot of people use because everybody just kind of treats everything, dumps it into their inbox, and that's where it stays. But folders are there just like a filing cabinet, just like your folders on your computer. They are meant for organizing things. So if you have things like newsletters, um, things that you may want to read one day, or things that are more like personal fun stuff that somebody sent you with some nice personal photos in it, things that aren't actionable, things that are truly things you want to keep, but you also want to have some sense of organization to them. You just need to get them out of that inbox. We do recommend kind of using this idea of folders, setting up mailbox folders in your account. So for example, you could have one that's a uh, this is my newsletter folder. Every kind of reading newsletter, I just want to dump it in there. And that way I just can go back and read the newsletters anytime I want, but they don't clutter up my inbox. Um, I could do that with special um, reports. Maybe there's like a report I have sent to me every week and I like to keep those and I like to be able to go back and review them, but they don't need to be tying up my inbox because it's not something I need to act on that day. Um, you can set up any number of folders that make sense for you, set them up by a vendor. Let's say I mentioned Apple earlier, but you know, Apple does send out a lot of emails if you subscribe to a lot of their services or if you use their services for anything, maybe to putting all the Apple stuff into an Apple folder and just say, look, everything coming from Apple, I'm going to put in an Apple folder. If I ever need to go back and look at it, it's there. I've got it. And that's great. So those things that you do want to keep around, we just need to get them out of the inbox. That's the main goal we're trying to do here. Say, look, let's just go ahead and move them and get them into a place so we can really focus in on the inbox on what's left and what's really important at this point. All right. I think that's now when we talk about the folders there, Brian, I'm going to kind of allude to something you've brought up as suggestions in the last couple episodes. And that has to do with setting up rules uh, for going into those folders. Because again, once you've now moved the Apple stuff emails you got into the Apple folder, let's set up a rule on your email program to say, anytime I get a standard notice from Apple, that's a receipt or a, um, you know, whatever it may be, or some sort of promotional material, if I want to keep it, I want everything coming from apple.com email address to go into this Apple folder automatically. So what's great about this, and we, again, mentioned this in a previous episode, it's this idea that you then don't have to spend mental energy thinking about it. Okay. It's going into the right place. So it's no longer something you have to actively do anymore every day. You truly can just say, Apple's going to go into the Apple folder uh, or this type of email is always going to go into this kind of folder. You go into your email program, you set up that rule. It's either going to be a rule that you can set up based on what's in the subject line of the email, or it could be the email address it's coming from. Um, some of them are even pretty smart where they'll let you choose it by some phrase or text that's in the message of the email, yep. whatever qualifier you can find to kind of group those emails and make sure they're going into the right folder. Certainly do that. Um, as long as it's not an email that you have to be actionable on doing something with like, you know, right afterwards or right when you get it, if it's something it's okay for it to sit in a folder and you go back and look at it at a regular a later time, then you ought to set up those automatic rules for those folders as well. Yeah. yeah, no, and I I think that's a really smart move. If you can get it, spend some time, set that up, uh, and then put yourself some reminders to go in and check those 
those folders and and see what has built up in there. Because of course you won't be getting, you know, notifications on those. If you're someone who uses notifications, the rules will happen. They'll get sorted over there. Um, but it is crazy. Like if you find yourself not needing to check those folders, then maybe those are things that you really didn't need to begin with. And you might start unsubscribing from some of them. So, I mean, well, and that's actually my next, my next follow-up item is, is that's a good time to start identifying the unsubscribing you want to do. Um, yeah. If you started putting everything, all your email newsletters that come in, if they start now going to a newsletter folder, what better time than to go ahead and look at that newsletter folder and say, you know what, are there any of these that I just really don't ever read? Right. I mean, I know it's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. We signed up for an email newsletter that sounded great at the time. And maybe we read the first couple ones, but then they come out every week. We don't ever read them. We have every intention of reading them, but we don't ever get to them. Yeah. So really what's the point? Should we, should we still subscribe to them? Or is it just another inbox or email coming into our box that has to be dealt with? So absolutely use that unsubscribe feature where you can. Yep. Here's the way I look at it, Brian. Anything that's in an email newsletter is going to be available on online on the web somewhere, somehow. So worst case scenario, if there is truly something I need to find that would have been in an email newsletter before, I guarantee you a good Google search can help you find that same piece of information or article or blog post or whatever was in that newsletter that you threw away. Yeah. Uh, because these companies are not throwing the stuff out. They're, 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 they're they're going to have that po- that content repopulated anywhere else they can. So, yeah. um, and here's air in favor of less clutter and maybe down the road having to do a little bit of Google searching to find something you're looking for. And here's a little little, not necessarily a tip, but this is uh, something that I've recognized recently is that when I get up in the morning and I start checking email, oftentimes I'll find myself selecting and highlighting emails and deleting mass numbers of emails because I know they're coming in from junk and I I feel really good about it. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even open that email. That's great. That's 10 emails that I just deleted without even looking at them. But what I should have done is I should have spent some time and unsubscribed from them and figured out why are they sending me those emails? Because instead of me saying, I'm feeling really good about taking 10 seconds to get rid of those, that's 10 seconds I could have not and then giving to that. So, no, I think I think using um, using rules, using folders, I think is a good thing. If you if you know for sure that it's something you want to keep, um, I know you mentioned to me before we got on the air how you make sure that your uh, was it your Taylor Swift uh, email uh, um, your my uh, email chain my uh, yes fan newsletter. I'm a, I'm a what, is it, what do you call them? Is it Swifty? Uh, what do you call her followers? I don't know yours. I'm assuming whatever it is, I'm on, I'm right. on that list. Yeah. 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 So when you put all those things over into a folder, you know, you probably think you need to keep those, but you're right. You could probably I do. get rid of a number of those. <laughs> them out, I mean, right? you could print I'm them not, cr- on the wall. And- <laughs> I print them out. They're on my wall. They're on my, they're decorating my office. Yeah. Now I'm not saying unsubscribe from every email newsletter, Brian. I'm saying just, you know, come on, let's not be crazy. I'm just saying the ones that really don't mean anything personally to you or emotionally, you can probably get rid of. So uh, let's let's not go, let's not, let's not go nuts here now. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story.
All right. So Brian, let's say we've gone through the process of, you know, we've got our folder set up. We've, we've kind of gone, we're starting to kind of go through our email inbox. We're saying, all right, look, I either deleted it or I moved it into a folder or let's say, you know, it doesn't fall into one of those two categories. It truly is an email in your inbox that something has to be done something with. Okay. So let's just assume at this point, we've gotten all of the junk mail, the newsletters, the sales emails, the, you know, receipt emails, all the things that can just be put in a folder or deleted or unsubscribed from, let's say we've gone through our inbox and we've still got a pretty good size inbox left over to still deal with. Okay. So this is the part of getting things done that I think, you know, people just, it's so easy to overlook and it's so easy to kind of push off, but we're actually doing more damage to ourselves and managing our email by doing this. You should be doing a mental check on every email in your inbox at this point now to say, uh, is it something I can accomplish or I can do or deal with or respond to in under two minutes? And if so, you should do it right now. Okay. So this may be a several hour process for you to go through this initially if you've got a really large inbox. But the idea is that if you look at an email and you can in your head say, I can deal with this in under two minutes, either responding to it delegating it to somebody else or doing whatever I need to do based on this email. And then I can move it out. You should go ahead and do it. And the reason for this logic is, is that if you leave it in your inbox because you say, well, I'll deal with that later, or I'll get to that later on the time you're going to spend later on going back and reviewing that email again and opening it and then deciding what you do want to do with it and deciding if you're going to work on it or not. By that point, you've already spent over two minutes on it already. And it's still sitting in your inbox. It's still taking up your time and your attention. So the getting things done mentality, and this applies for anything outside of email, but we're focusing it on it on your inbox right now, is this idea that if you can do it in under two minutes, you do it right now. So imagine if you had, you know, let's say 500 emails still in your inbox at this point. And you go through and 50 of them are ones that you can do with under two minutes. Yeah, you may be spending an hour, an hour and a half getting those things done, but then they're done and they're out of your inbox and they're clear and you don't have to deal with them anymore. They don't take up any more of your time. Generally speaking, people kind of assume that about a third of your inbox or more, this probably applies to. Okay. If you truly look at your inbox, are these things that all I had to do was write a one or two sentence response and hit send and it's done? Or I forward it to somebody and say, hey, take care of this, or this is this is for you, or it, it requires me going to a website and clicking a button or two or paying something or whatever. Anything I could be doing within two minutes, we go ahead and try to get those knocked out and done in this initial batch, okay? Yeah, now, so Alan, this is this is the one yeah. I, I I struggle with a little bit of this whole process. Sure. Um, okay, so let's let's take a what I think is a very common scenario, at least with me, mm -hmm. where I've got a I've got an email that I think is going to take longer than two minutes, and it's going to take mm -hmm. some time for me to craft an email or do a task, and then I see a bunch of other newer emails that I can knock out in two minutes each, so I start working on those. Okay, and which puts off that one important email and task further. And then by the time I get done with that, there's five other emails that could be knocked out in two minutes, but I'm focusing on those now. So my, my worry is that you're putting off some in inevitable time. So what I might mm -hmm. suggest is we, 
if you decide to do this strategy, which I do think is a great strategy if you can manage the time effectively, you might want to add one more step, which is when you're going to focus on a certain number of emails, turn off your email from, from getting new email. So go and pause your email and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to pause because I know when I'm doing this long email and I start seeing all these little ones come in, I'm going to go shift my attention and go do those because they're easier and because maybe they're more time sensitive in my mind. So if, you know, it's like sitting uh, and saying, I've got a document I need to work on now. I've got a, 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 a report that I need to do. Turning off your email and working on that report mm-hmm. can get your focus a little mm-hmm. bit more. So with me, a lot of times email is oftentimes crafting a really long email that gives a number of tasks for people to do. And here, please read this. And here's the information I need you to know. So it's it may be smart to either get out of email, to write that email that's going to take that long yep. time, write it over in a Word document and bring it back in, uh, or even go in and saying, pause, pause my connection to email. So don't bring any new stuff while I'm working on this. Yeah. So. See, I, I kind of tend to say maybe the latter. And I think going into your email program and you can even say in many of those cases, how often do you want yep. me to check for new mail? Yep. And in some cases you can say only check manually. Like when I click the check now button right, is the only time I want you to check email. So you could sit there all day in your email program, working through this process, responding to the quick emails and then working on some longer ones without any new emails coming into your inbox. If you set your settings to do that, most people for better, for worse default to the idea of it's going to check every one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it may be. So it's going to keep coming in. But yes, if, if, if you really want to be focused on this, I agree, change that timing and say, look, only check my email when I hit the check email button on my email program. Otherwise, do not let any new emails come in anytime while I'm working. And uh, it's 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 tempting. And I know there's going to be people that, myself included, are going to be jonesing to hit that check now button just to see if anything new is coming in I need to be aware of. But if we can really fo- get our time focused on going through this process, um, you're going to come out better for it in the long run for sure. Right. Yeah. So, Brian, let's assume that we've gone through this process. We've been able to shut off email coming in. We can really hone in on the process. We've gone through and we've said, all right, look, I've, I've knocked through the ones in my inbox that I could deal with within a couple minutes. I blocked off my two, three hours, whatever time I need. And I'm just, I, I just knocked through them. I got them, I got them done. So what you should be left with at that point are basically two types of emails left. We've already gotten rid of the newsletters. We've gotten rid of the junk. We've gotten rid of the form, automated emails, all that. We accomplished or did something with all of the quick turnaround, uh, quick action emails. So we should have two kinds left. Those that require more than two minutes of our time, like you talked about, those ones that require a longer response or more thought process involved or whatever it may be or ones that you're waiting on for other people to do something with. And that's something that unfortunately clogs up a lot of our emails, things that we technically aren't doing anything with, but we're waiting for someone else. Someone else was asked a question and we just happen to have that email in our inbox. It's nothing we can do about it. We're just waiting for somebody else to deal with it or, or have something to do with it. So at this point now, I think this is where you've got a little bit of creativity in how you handle this. Uh, but they do, we do recommend kind of having a couple of folders possibly set up at this point again. Now, what I've seen work really well is where 
If you have a bunch of emails that are ones that you are waiting for someone to do something with or waiting for a response on, and you cannot actively do anything with it at the moment, create a folder, another email mailbox folder, maybe call it waiting. And what you do is you make this to one, a folder that is going to show up at the top of your folder list, because you may have a lot of folders. If you followed our instructions earlier on, you may create a lot of different folders for organizing your emails in the past, but this one you want to make sure is up at the top. So the way you can do that is you can either put a number at the beginning of it, like one dash waiting, the number one, or you can use like an at symbol, like a little email at symbol or something that's going to cause it alphabetically to be at the top of your list. If you create a waiting folder, and then you drag over all the messages in your inbox that are ones that you cannot act on right now, but you are waiting for someone else to do something about. Drag them over into that waiting folder, okay? You're basically trying to separate your actionable and your non-actionable emails, right? You want your inbox to be left with truly actionable emails, things that you actually are gonna take an action on. The ones that you're waiting on can be in that waiting folder and then when you do get an email back from it, you know, you can, or you want to go, go back through your waiting folder and see if there's any you need to be checking back up on, uh, then you have them all organized in one place, but it's not that top level actionable need for it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's good. And that's, um, that's probably a really good tip and you, and you touched on it, but maybe we'll make it a little bit more specific that there are really two kinds of folders that you should be creating too. There should be the folders in which you are still working with that information and you've got folders in which you are storing for later. So it's kind of like saying I've got a file cabinet under my desk for things that I want to keep for potentially needing later. I have no, I have no current knowledge of need for that, right? That bill that came nine months ago, maybe I want to keep it just because of paperwork, right? But then there's also that folder at the top of your desk that a lot of us may have like in our office where it's, mm-hmm. you know, here's the little, here's the things to do today. Here's the uh, things that someone else is going to pick up. Here's the things that I need to get to someone else and send out, right? Those are the things that are actionable today. So I think what you're saying is some of your emails, the ones you would put at the very top need to be the ones where you're still doing stuff with that email. You're not just storing it for later just in case you need it. Um, and I started doing that recently um, with with moderate success. I haven't completely committed to it, but I created two email uh, uh, folders, one for to do and one for to read, because I get a lot of things like uh, a newsletter that actually has some really cool information, but I don't necessarily have to do anything with it. But I'd really like to read that sometime, right? So maybe it's... Yeah. Uh, you know, top 10 list of this, you know, strategies to do this. So I want to read that, but I only want to read it when I really have time to read things. So I'll put it over mm-hmm. to read, but the things to do are the things where, okay, I, I actually have to do something with this. This is going to be something I'm going to have to work with. So those two in, uh, folders I put at the very top of my list and I just drag mm-hmm. them. A lot of email clients will yeah. have you to drag them and put them in a, a, a different order. But then I have a ton of other things that, uh, are things to be saved for later, you know, things about mm-hmm. a particular class that I'm teaching. I don't think I'll need it, but just in case I do, I'm going to put it over there. And then at the end of the semester, I end up going and cleaning, cleaning out that inbox or that, uh, that right. folder. So, yeah. so I think you're right. I think creating those folders, not just for storage, 
but for action is really good. And then keeping the inbox for that one thing, which is I have to do this now and I have to yep. do it today. And by the end of today, this thing's going to be gone. So I'm going to work on this, right? I'm going to do something with it. So, And that's really, I mean, it's really ideally what we're trying to, what you want people to get to is the idea that, you know, because mentally, when we look at, like you said, a really, really long email inbox, it's overwhelming. I mean, there's, there, there's a psychology behind it that when you're looking at an overwhelming list of messages in your inbox, it's, it's, it's can be harder to get focused on the things you really need to work on. You get lost in the shuffle with a lot of other things. It's very distracting. So yeah, the goal is to get our inbox down to the point where everything that's in our inbox is something I truly need to work on, take action on, or do something with. Um, and everything that's not in that category has been filed, organized, deleted, or unsubscribed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's say you've taken everything that's like, hey, look, this is an email chain that I'm waiting for somebody else to do something about. So I'm going to drag it over into my waiting folder. Here's another email that, um, you know, uh, is still waiting for someone else to take the, the next step on. So I'm going to drag that into my waiting folder. Um, so now we've done that process. We should at this point now be left with things in our inbox that are take more than two minutes to do and are truly on our plate to do. Okay. That's kind of what we've got down to now. Now I'm going to kind of throw in a optional item. And again, this is, this is, <laughs> there's some danger with this, but I'm still big, a big fan of this feature. We talked about it and I think in one or two episodes ago about kind of these new features on some email clients, the snooze button. Okay. The snooze button is again, if you case you, you didn't hear us before or are not familiar with it, a lot of newer email clients give you the capability of selecting an email message and hitting the snooze button. And by snoozing it, you're basically saying, I want you to remove this email from my inbox now, but not bring it back in or have it drop back in until a later date or time. The reason you do this is let's just, let me give you a theory. So Brian, if you wrote me an email and said, Hey, Alan, I'd like for us to talk at some point about our notes for the next episode. Um, but I won't have time to, to talk about it until next Friday. So let's plan on talking next Friday or let's start writing some notes next Friday. Now that's, that email is sitting in my inbox. That is an actionable email that I will need to do something with here in the near future, but I don't need to do something with it today. There's nothing I can do with it today. We're not going to talk about it until next Friday. So with a snooze function, I could say, all right, look, snooze this important email. That is an actionable email I need to do something with, but I don't want it to be a distraction for me until next Friday. And I can snooze it until next Friday morning, 7 a.m. Then when I go and check my mail Friday morning, the next Friday morning, it'll now be in my inbox. Okay. Yep. So snoozing is great. It's a really, really good, good feature if you can control it. Here's the danger with snoozing is just like if uh, your alarm clock in the morning, you know, the more you keep hitting the snooze, you just keep kicking it down the road. You right. could be actually hurting yourself because by the time everything you snooze starts to pop back in, are you just going to find yourself snoozing them again longer and longer further back? And you're just building up a big backlog of stuff. If you can be really regimented with how you use the snooze and you actually do deal with the email when it comes back into your inbox, then it can be a really valuable time management tool, but I'm not recommending it for everybody. Cause I do think it, it could be dangerous if not managed well. Yeah. Um, 
but it is nice. If you're down to 50 emails left in your inbox and 20 of them are ones that you don't need to spend any time on today, there is a later time period to deal with those. You could snooze many of those messages and get your inbox down to a much cleaner focus list to work on today. Let me let me give you because I've I've been thinking about the snooze feature a lot. You know, as I've been trying out lots of different email clients and trying to figure out a strategy for using the snooze as well as just some other things that I wish email clients would do. You know, here's my here's my wish, and I've and I've really started to dial in what I would like email to be. But uh, my wish would be that the the snooze feature was more of an assistant feature that was built into your email. So if I say, I want to snooze this until Friday, and then when Friday comes along and it pops in and I say, no, I want to snooze it till Monday. I want it to berate me. I want it to say, <laughs> you know, say I'm yeah. sorry, you probably snoozed this twice, uh, Brian. Oh, so it's like almost, almost like having a limit where you can't oh, snooze it more yeah, than uh, a certain number of times. Say, no, I'm sorry, we're keeping this in your inbox until you deal mm-hmm. with it. Or it's saying, you know, Brian, we're going to turn off your your email collection right now until you deal with this email. Wow. Um, you know, and of course, some of this stuff could be settings, right? So let's say you send me that email and you say, I want to, you know, or let's say you send me the email that has high priority on it. And you say, this mm-hmm. is high priority and I delay it. You know, the, the, my email assistant needs to kind of help me manage that and say, you've already snoozed it. It's high priority or at least make you do another thing to say, do you understand that you've already snoozed this one and that it is you know, high priority? Are you sure you want to do that? Uh, I would like for that to be uh, put in place. The other thing that, um, that I'd like to see would be, so let's say, Alan, you, you have a number of emails that come in and you say, I, it looks like Friday is going to be an open day for me. And Friday is when I'm going to snooze everything that I don't have time for right now because Friday is an open day and I'm going to get in and knock yeah. out all these. But let's say you get to Wednesday and you had a bunch of things canceled and you've got an open block, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't even remember all the things that you've snoozed and they're out of your inbox. You don't see them. So I would also like there to be a feature where I can say, you know, open up the snooze or kind of click and say, show me all the things that are coming later. And let me go ahead and deal with them now. Um, I would warn people that if you if you're somebody that uses the snooze, make sure that you're using the same email client for all of your computers. Uh, because yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if I choose, let's say, one email client and I'm using the snooze feature, what it does, or they tend to do, is they tend to create their own folder within your in, within your uh, email that's for snoozing. And some of them call it snooze. Some of them call it later. Some of them call it, you know, uh, by the email client itself. And if you then go switch to another client, they don't recognize the snooze. And all of a sudden it's back in your inbox again. And I think it can really yeah. screw things up. So you really need to commit oh, no, to I, it. Yeah. If you're going to use this snooze feature, I think you've got to be pretty committed to using the same email client on yep. your phone as you yep. do on your computer or so forth, or just say, look, the only place I'm really working on email is on my computer. And you know, I mean, you got to minimize that. You're right. Yep. I, I completely agree. I will say, and not to get too much down a tangent here, but because we're talking about this whole snoozing and I do agree with your idea that if you find yourself with open time and you want to go and catch up on things that maybe you snooze, snooze to another day, some of the email clients, the one I'm using right now that we talked about a couple episodes ago, which is Spark, 
that you recommended and I have started using it. Um, you do have a snoozed folder that's very clear and easy to see on your sidebar. So I can actually look at it and I see right now there's six emails that I have in that snooze folder for a future date. But I see when they're snoozed till and I can say, oh, look, here's one I've got snoozed till tomorrow, but I'm free right now. So let me go ahead and just knock it out and I'll click on it, work on it, file it, and then it's it's done. So you can kind of do that as far as that yeah. whole, let me go ahead and jump into my snooze and find some things that I delayed till later that I've got time to work on now. But otherwise, they're going to pop up naturally on the date you snooze it too. So yeah. again, I, I am a huge fan of the snoozing feature. I just I just do feel like, like we've said, it's, it's just important to keep an eye on it and make sure you're not overusing it. Yeah. And also to make sure you understand that those emails don't miraculously disappear. They will come back. And chances are they will all come back on the same day that you snoozed everything for. And then you're kind of back to your initial problem of having too much going on. So, um, well, and I know you're getting ready to talk about this from a different perspective, but the, the other, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, but the other wish list I have is that the snooze feature kind of gets broken up into two different categories. I'd like a mm -hmm. snooze, which is I'm not ready to deal with this yet. But I'd also like a reminder, which is click and say, so So think back to the example you gave earlier where you're waiting for someone to respond to an email. So you're not actually having yeah. to do anything yet, but you and I both know you could send something out and you'll forget that the person is supposed to be doing something. They forget. And all of a sudden it gets kicked down the, down the road. So I wouldn't mind that email to have a remind me which takes it out of my inbox, maybe puts it in another folder and then comes back again as a different thing to say, Hey, by the way, here's that, here's that in, you know, that in or uh, that email, you haven't heard from them yet. Here's the reminder to reach out to them mm -hmm. and say, please respond to me. So yeah. kind of remind me about this email and snooze this email, snooze this email to where I deal with it later. So it's kind of like deal with it later or remind me. That's the yeah. way I like approach snoozing is having two different and see right now it's kind of a two-step process so i yeah. do both of those things but unfortunately it is two steps i have to do so for example an email comes in i know that this is something that i want to kind of prompt myself to follow up with this person in three days so i'm like look i sent them an email i answered the question but i really want to follow up with them by friday to see if they've responded or see if they've got questions for me so i use it i told my email program mark this as a to-do using my to-do program for Friday to ping me to actually follow up. But then I also still snooze the email itself, the original email until Friday too. So I'm kind of doing double duty there, which is not ideal, but I, I agree. It would be nice if it was a more simplified process for that. Right. They need to be able to do that because a lot of them, like you mentioned, Spark has a calendar built in. So it'd be yeah. very easy for you to be able to right click on an email that says, remind me about this email next week on Monday. And then it becomes a calendar item, right? That kind mm -hmm. of ties in that email. You don't have to do anything else. And then when that calendar item comes up on Monday, it fires back into your email that says, or maybe even comes in a different list. It says, hey, here's a reminder to check yeah. on that email. You know, I just, I think that they're, they're missing the boat on that right now. And, uh, and I expect it's coming, so... Well, and that was actually your kind of, you, you kind of forecast, for, forecasted kind of the last piece of the puzzle here. And that is this whole idea of reminding. Yep. Uh, because again, now that we're down to a point in our inbox where we have snoozed the things that don't need to be dealt with today, that we're going to snooze for another day. We've already done all the other steps. 
we should, in theory, after this whole process we went through, be down to just the actionable, longer term, more involved things we need to do in our inbox. Now, at this point, if it's things and these are things that need to be done, ideally today or as quickly as soon as we can. So luckily, uh, hopefully, we've got that down to a fairly manageable list of things. Um, some of them could still need reminders. You may still need to trigger reminders to make sure you follow up on something a few days later, or you make sure that you remind yourself about the next step you need to take in that process. So having it integrate with any kind of to-do program you may have, I know that a lot of these email programs will integrate with built-in to-do apps on your phone or computer, like the the Apple um, Reminders program built into the Mac OS. Um, other standard common uh, to-do apps, many of them will integrate with that. But if you're not someone who uses a to-do list, you don't have a, a, a to-do program, you kind of use your email as your to-do item, which you know, I think is, is doable. Then uh, it's just a knowing that everything left in your inbox is kind of your to-do list now. That is your items to get done. And hopefully it's a much smaller list. Um, now, Brian, if you go through that whole process and, you know, it could take anywhere for some people, it might take an hour for some, it may take a day or two to do what we just described. Okay. Yeah. Going through your entire e email inbox and either deleting, uh, putting them in folders, marking them as something that you're waiting for, or actually completing them if they're quick two minute processes or less, uh, or even snoozing if you choose to go that route. Once you've done all that, that first initial process, you should be at a fairly reasonably clean inbox if all went well. Um, but we're not done yet at that point, Brian. I mean, that that's just your initial phase. This is an ongoing daily process. And bef before your eyes start rolling, thinking about having to do this now every day, the goal is if you did this initial cleaning the right way, your everyday process going forward should be a very, very quick process. So for example, you get up in the morning, you check your email and over the course of the night or from the last uh, late yesterday, you've got maybe let's say uh, 20 emails in your inbox that need to be dealt with. Okay. You go through this same process. Can I delete it? Do I put it in a folder? Is it something I'm going to be waiting for? I'll put in my wait folder or can I respond to it within two minutes or deal with it within two minutes? And I go through and do all of that in one swoop. This new process could take you five minutes. It could take you 10 minutes, but it's going to take a fraction of the time it did when you got through that initial purge of your inbox. If you can get yourself regimented to having some time every day, once, twice a day is what they kind of recommend that you're going to go into email, you're going to check the email and you're going to go through that process of your emails. In theory, you should just be left with those emails that are going to take a little more time to deal with. And throughout the day, you can work on those as you need to. You can, you know, handle those in the time that it takes to do them. But that's your only focus of attention. Everything else has been dealt with. Everything else has been filed. Everything else has been managed. Yeah. Yeah. That's the perfect world. That's that. That's the perfect scenario. And uh, believe me, I know it's, it's very, very difficult to get to that point. Um, but I do know people that have got there. I've been there at times and I just got to regiment myself to get back to it. And it is a great, great feeling when you get to that point, you feel like you really mastered email and email truly becomes a productive tool for you instead of something you just have to keep getting through, you know? So, yeah, I would say, I think this is 
This is great. And it obviously is the the ideal. And the times that I've gotten to the point where I've really organized everything and felt as though I was caught up um, was uh, exciting. And uh, mm-hmm. I would say it's, it was probably the best two minutes that I've ever experienced <laughs> <laughs> until yeah. it un- yeah. was, uh, was undone. Um, I, w- I will mention maybe one other feature uh, just on the side that I would really like to see email have uh, would be a instead of snooze, uh, have a feature where you can click on a message and uh, have it deleted and there be no record of it whatsoever. So uh, so that I could literally tell someone, I didn't get that email. I don't know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> I'd really like there to be something where it gets totally deleted, right? Wow. Maybe a Completely wipes it from you, Matrix so it has no existence yeah. in, in reality anymore. You yeah, know, you pay true. to get maybe five of these a month where it's kind of yeah. get out of jail free card. And you're saying, nope, li- literally, I did not get that email. I promise you. And there'd be no record of it. So um, that would no, be really nice, great. too. Yeah. I like that. There's a great. Well, and um, so I've got a couple other quick tips that I wouldn't mind laying out there for people just that I've started thinking of yeah. as you've gone through um, uh, this process. And sure. I think it might be helpful for for some people. Um, have you checked your account information uh, within your email to try to see how many folders you have, how many messages you have, how much space you have in each one of those? Uh, something I like to do every once in a while. It's a little depressing, um, but it's also helpful to know where you've stored stuff away and maybe I've forgotten about it. I just did a quick scan of mine. So if you're using, let's say, Apple Mail, um, you can right-click on your inbox and say, get account information. Um, Mm -hmm. And on uh, it'll give you then a list where it kind of indexes all of your emails and says, oh, here's here's how many messages you have within this particular folder. Uh, I think I have 80 folders uh, built into my, uh, my uh, email, but I'm looking down at a lot of them and seeing zero messages in them. So those are obviously folders that I don't need anymore. So I can go and try to do some purging of that. I can see uh, that one folder has, you know, gigabytes of information and i realize that probably doesn't need to be there so that i can go in and clean some of that out i think that's a helpful thing to do every once in a while to try to figure out how many messages you have um, the other thing i might suggest along with that is a lot of people don't realize in your in your email you can oftentimes go in and say how long do i want to keep my sent messages so mm-hmm. you know, every sent message for a long time, I would just keep every one of them because I wanted some record of when I sent something to someone um, in case sure. they said, hey, you didn't send me that. And I could say, yes, I did. Um, but there's a, a number of email clients that allow you to go in and say, delete after one year or delete mm-hmm. after three months or delete after one month. Um, I do the year, you know, just for me, the things that I send, I have them kept for a year. And then after a yeah. year, they're deleted. Uh, of course, that then leads for me having, you know, I don't know how many I, right now, it's just 8,000 emails um, that I think we're at the beginning of this year. But, uh, but I think those are good things to be able to go in and set. Same thing with trash, right? You may yeah. have your trash can set up to keep everything which isn't necessary, have it, it, have it delete not, after yeah. a month, have, to, have it delete after two months, something like that. So set up those rules well, to be able yeah. to delete those things. 
definitely trash and spam. I have it set to, to just purge that out and delete it after 30 days. Cause my feeling is if I threw something away and 30 days later, I didn't feel the need to go back and retrieve it. It's gone. I don't need it at all. Same thing with junk. If I check my junk mail folder on a, every few weeks, I'll look every couple of weeks, I'll look at the junk mail folder and just see if anything might have slipped through that I, I should have gotten. But if it's been in junk mail for over 30 days and I never felt the need to go back and look, then it's fine to be purged. And uh, neither of these steps really clean up your inbox. But what it does do is it just makes your mailbox in general a little leaner, a little cleaner, a little less uh, comprehensive. And, and that really comes into play in things like, you know, sometimes email programs. If you're checking mail, it may be a little slower checking mail if there's like a big, big list of emails and back folders that it's archived and keeping up in a catalog. So it's nice to kind of think to keep things a little cleaner, a little smoother and leaner for your email program in general. Yeah. Um, so I, and, I'll, and I'll mention one other thing, though, is that if you're if you trashed it a long time ago, uh, one of the things that tends to slow me down is if I'm doing a search in my email and I'm trying oh, yeah. to search for something that I knew came from this person. If that search is taking a really, really long time and kind of bringing up a massive list of things, part of it is because it's digging into my trash or it's digging into my sent messages. And maybe I didn't want it to be searching three years ago. I wanted it to only be searching something in the last six months. And many of them will show it in order. But I find that that process takes a lot longer when you still have a yeah. lot of messages in your uh, uh, on the on the email server. Um, Because it's looking through all of your folders in many cases. It's looking through all all the emails you've archived. You've even in your trash if it's not been emptied out in your junk mail folder or if it hasn't been emptied out. It's going to search through all of that. So yeah, the more email you're just kind of keeping away uh, archived in all those folders, it's just going to bog you down, especially for searching. You're right. Yeah. One last thing I'll mention, and we've already talked briefly about it, but. You know, do do think about your the timing of checking your email and what uh, yeah. what you have automatically set up. Of course, I have mine to what push so that it's just it the moment it gets it, it sends it straight to my email client. Um, but if you really have things you need to get done and you feel as though you're getting stressed out looking at your inbox, you know, go in and change your your email client to only check once an hour uh, or once every thirty minutes or you know, maybe you, you really do want to lock down and say, I only want you to check in the morning or and check in the afternoon or only when I click um, to manually check. And I think the good thing about that is if you know you have a long in- inbox already and you don't need your bandwidth taken up by seeing new things coming in, uh, turn off that, uh, turn off the, uh, the new messages, um, you know, so that you're not getting uh, overloaded by new things coming in. Uh, and on that same note, notifications are very easy. One of the things that I like a lot of people will turn on is, hey, I, I want the notifications to pop up. If I'm working on something else, a new email comes in, it comes in the top right corner of my screen. I've had to start turning that off because it is just another distractor, right? It constantly gets me to look, even though I like having it, because if I'm waiting for a message from someone, I can see that it came in and I can go address it quickly. But the number of times I'm looking over there and realizing, oh, that's not something I need to worry about. Oh, that's not something I need to worry about. That's taking away time, right? And you're uh, you're being less efficient as you do that now. So, so those are just some tips to along that's with great. all of this process to try to make things a little bit less stressful. So, 
all really good, important tips. And again, you know, as we mentioned before, this episode, a little different that we didn't go all strictly tech talk. This is a little more uh, work, work ethic, work philosophy, but I think it's so heavily tied with email and just make good sense to talk about in this batch of email episodes. And mileage is going to vary person to person, situation to situation. Okay. We went through kind of an ideal list of things you do in a process you go through to not only get your email to a good starting point, but keeping it there on a daily basis. But we realize different, different uh, personality styles, different work habits, different work environments are going to uh, change some of that. I think the overall message we're just trying to get to as we talk about email, we've talked about it for several weeks now, is that email is problematic because it has become the new post office for the digital domain and everything is coming to your inbox. And unfortunately, um, you know, trying to manage that can be overwhelming for people, whether you have 10 emails that come in in a day or, you know, a thousand. I mean, it's just, it's going to be overwhelming if it gets out of control. And I think that's where most people have gotten so frustrated with email, looking at other options, looking at other ways to communicate. There are ways to manage your email. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take some energy and take some persistence and, uh, and a little bit of technology know-how with setting up some of the things we talked about with uh, some of the features you can use or capabilities in your email program. And again, your email program may not be able to do everything we described, but if you heard us talk about a step or a feature that really feels like it would benefit your life, you may want to be looking at some other email programs to consider that would give you that because, you know, for $10, you know, or even sometimes free for some of these other new email programs, if it can make a dramatic change in the way your work is handled because of one feature, it's totally worth it at that point. Right. Uh, it's a good right. move to go on. So, well, and email give, can be managed. Yeah, email can be managed. An yeah. example of how that could be much easier with a new client, right? Going back up to your your steps, number four was about auto rules. And you say, well, create an auto rule for a particular newsletter to go into a folder, right? And you start creating these rules. But if you're constantly getting new types of emails, new types of newsletters, you're constantly having to create new rules, right, to get those done. There are some email clients, and I mentioned one before, it's, uh, Outlook does this well, Spark does this well, where it can turn on the smart inbox, which will automatically mm -hmm. filter over anything that it thinks is a newsletter to a different area. So yeah. even if you've, you know, this is the first time you've ever received an email from that uh, that group, Rather than saying, oh, I need to create a rule for that, it's already sorting it out for you. So I think uh, there's yeah. some things that will make that a little bit more automatic, which I think is great. So check I out some completely agree. new email clients. That's great. All right. Well, Brian, I think we're going to put the button in on uh, to wrapping up our email conversation. We've talked about it for four episodes now. I think that's enough. Uh, we have exhausted our thoughts and philosophy on email it is here for the time being. It is still going to be our predominant, probably digital communication method for quite some time. So hopefully these episodes have given a good sense of not only knowledge and information, but also maybe some tactics and ideas on how to manage your email going forward. Um, but Brian, we always like to end our episode with kind of a recommendation, something that we think is worth um, kind of suggesting to others. And we call it our brothers in tech suggestions, our bits. So Brian, do you have a bits for us that you want to share kind of related to the topic of, of email or today's episode? I do. Yeah. And, um, 
So I've, I've made some suggestions in the past of different email clients that I like, and I think I, I've been made it pretty clear that I've gotten swamped in email clients recently, um, tried lots of different clients and lots of different apps to, to try to figure out one that is perfect for me. Um, I mentioned in the past Outlook, I still think is the best um, mobile uh, email client that I have tried. Uh, Spark is another one that I know you've started to try, um, which I think is for both desktop and mobile connection has the best number of features, the things that I'm most excited about. Uh, but I wanted to mention another one today um, that since we've talked about in the past, this uh, the set app, Alan, that I know you subscribe mm-hmm. to, and you got me too excited about, so I subscribe to it. Um, there is a mail client within the set app called Canary Mail. And so I've been trying Canary Mail out a little bit, um, both mobile and um, on the desktop. And it and I would say it's good. I, I I will not say it's any better than Outlook or Spark, which are my two okay. real picks. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up because it's got two features that those others don't have that I think are really interesting. One of which, which you mentioned previously is read receipts. So it makes read receipts a real kind of focus point of the email client. So you can turn that on, and then at the top of your uh, top of your uh, the the email window, if you're on the desktop, you know it has the the normal toolbar of check new email or reply and all of that. But there's a big checkbox up there, a big check mark. Mm-hmm. If you click the check mark, it drops down a little window that says, "Here's when the people opened your email, or which mm-hmm. ones have been opened recently." And you can see it being updated constantly like, oh, that person just opened that. So I know that they've read it or I know they've seen it. Yeah. And then if you're not receiving something back, you'll know, you know that they really don't want to talk with you. Um, so yeah. I think that's pretty helpful, uh, the read receipt. I still think it's a little bit big brotherish. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's doing on the on the back end to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. a little, you know packages being sent to them that then kind of sparks a, a response back to me. I don't know. Um, but I think that's kind of nice. And the other thing, and this is one I have not seen from any other email client is on the desktop feature. If let's say, Alan, you send me an email, I click on your email, I can read your email in the main window, but then there's also a side little, um, toolbar that pops up that gives mm-hmm. your name and all the information about you. So it kind of profiles well, you as a sender. Yeah. And then sure. what's really great about it is it shows you, it shows your contact within my uh, uh, my contact list. But then underneath it says, and here's all the other emails that he's sent you in the past. So I can actually see a little digest of all the things. So if I'm, you're, you're saying something about, hey, I think we should do that idea that I brought up two weeks ago. I can just quickly look over there and see, well, what's an email that was sent two weeks ago? Let me look at that and be able to pull that email up. I think that's a great way of that is a nice feature, yeah. Where you're you're basically profiling somebody rather than just worrying about that particular email. Because I find myself sure. so often saying, "Oh yeah, I'm emailing with this person. What did I tell them last time?" And maybe it was on a completely different thread, so I have to go and search for that person. It's nice for that uh, search to already be done. So that's called Canary Mail. There's a Mac OS version. There's also an iOS version. Unfortunately, it is Mac only. Uh, right now, but it is part of the uh, uh, the setup. Uh, and if you're a setup, still user, one of the best values. I tell oh, you, I still love that setup subscription. Yeah, yeah it's great. And uh, so if you're 
if you're using setup, you get the pro features already for the desktop. And if you want pro features for the uh, iOS, I think it's $20, which is pricey and probably will be what will keep me from using it. Um, But if it's something that you want a consistent um, desktop and uh, iOS uh, or desktop and mobile uh, email client, it would be a good one to check out. So. That's Canary Mail. Well, that's great. I've, I've heard good things about Canary Mail. I know people who use it. Um, as you mentioned, I have switched over to Spark. Um, yeah. Using Spark as a free email client, which is great. Uh, I think the paid model comes in when they, uh, if you start using it for more of its collaboration features with members of your team. Uh, I'm not using those. So I'm truly on free desktop and mobile version. And I've been very happy so far. Uh, I think it's been great. I mean, it's a learning curve, you know, when you go from using one email client for several years to switching to another, and especially with me, I've got six email accounts that I'll funnel into my email program. Yeah, still taking a little adjustment for me, but overall, I've been very happy with it. So um, I definitely feel like I've got a, I like its smart features with smart inbox and smart, uh, some of the organization it does on your inbox if you turn on that that feature. Uh, it does seem to be working. I, I've always been very wary of those automated inboxes, uh, AI trying to apply to it. But so far, Sparks looked pretty good. I mean, I, I feel like I've got a good, better handle on my inbox than I did before. So cool. um, good. Thank you for the recommendation on that a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Well, well, Brian, my my bit is a very, uh, it, it's it's perfectly in line with what we're talking about. And it's not a technology pick. It is something just related to what we've already gone through. And that is a book. Now, you know, books, those are those things that um, a lot of paper uh, pages in in the middle that are kind of bound together by a spine. You can open them up and flip through the pages. Are you familiar with that concept? Hold it and touch it. You can, or you can set it on a table or something. I mean, you don't have to physically put it in your hands if you don't wish to, but that is an option you have with them. Um, I've heard of this technology, but, uh, okay. Me well, on. I'm going to do a little throwback on this and, and, and actually recommend a book. Now I will say you could buy it digitally. And then that whole joke we just oh, did oh just kind of completely <laughs> goes out the window. But, um, I personally actually have a hard copy book of this. I, I cannot believe it. Cause I'm not one to keep hard copy books, uh, or read that way, but it is the book getting things done by David Allen. I mentioned it already at the top of the show. It's kind of the philosophy that, this whole getting things done mentality, that uh, work philosophy that has woven into a lot of workplaces. And uh, we tried to apply it just now to email and how to use that in an email uh, situation. Uh, The book itself, you can get on Amazon, I think it's like $10. It's a pretty easy read. And it just goes into more detail of kind of that overall workflow that we were describing. But again, if you're really serious about saying, look, I've got to manage my time better. I've got to use email more productively, I've got to make it work for me instead of me just reacting to it all the time, then I do recommend reading the book as far as a general workflow and then think about ways to apply it to your email process and make that a, a better better system for you. So uh, it's not often I'm going to recommend an actual book, Brian, but this this episode seemed to be catered to that. So that's the direction I'm going, getting things done by David Allen, uh, an easy book to read. Yeah. So. I feel, I feel like we, I feel like we just went into classic mode. This is really cool. Right. We're, uh, we alluded, it was a little throwback today. So yeah. Talk about, you know, your favorite type of pen and paper next or something, or no, you, no, I, I'm ready to go back into the 
deep technology world next month. So I think uh, I think we had a nice diversion with email. We kind of uh, we worked through our, our our issues with email, and I think it was very therapeutic for us. But um, I'm ready to move on to something else. So you talk about chalkboards you. next month or something? Yeah, chalk chalkboards. <laughs> I think Abacus is going to be next on the agenda too. New and exciting ways to add numbers. <laughs> it's good. All right. Well, I think we are done with email. We're done with this episode. We're going to wrap it up. And when we get back together again, we'll be going on to some other brand new topic altogether. Um, don't know what that is yet, but we will come up with a good one, I'm sure, very soon here. Cool. So, Brian, somebody wants to share with us maybe their own personal uh, challenges or accomplishments with their email systems, or just have some questions for us. How can they, uh, how can they reach out to us? Well, funny enough, you can send us an email, which you should know how to uh, do now. Uh, and we will be sure to not snooze that email and we'll probably respond to you right away. Uh, you can send an email to info at the mesh.tv, uh, info at the mesh.tv. And as Alan said, tell us, uh, your, trials and tribulations with email, your strategies that you may want us to share in a, in a follow-up episode. Uh, or I think more importantly, if you've got some things you'd like us to, to talk about in a future episode on uh, maybe a new topic, maybe there's uh, some type of technology that really either frustrates you and you would like some more strategies on, uh, let us know. And we're, uh, we're happy to take suggestions on uh, some of the directions that we go with, uh, with our topic. So info at the mesh.tv. Perfect. That's great. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. This has been Brothers in Tech here on the mesh.tv podcast network. Encourage you to go check out uh, the mesh.tv. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H.tv for podcasts and other programs and video and audio programs that you can subscribe to and listen and uh, follow along with. And if you enjoyed uh, listening to us kind of ramble on about technology all these weeks, we do encourage you to subscribe to the show as well. It really helps out and any star ratings or reviews you can provide, we greatly appreciate as well. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, Brian. As always, good talking to you, bud. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.